Hi, and welcome to show number three of the El Capacito Travel Talks. My name is Tony Lloyd, and I'm your host. This podcast is for people to share stories and adventures while on the road. Each week, I sit down and I talk with different people about their story, their journey. Who are they? Where are they from? When? Why? What are they doing? But most important, how are they doing this journey? This podcast is, for now, a grassroots project. So we're looking for any suggestions, anything that you have feedback, any ways in which you see improvements, that, any ways you see we could improve on what we're doing. I know that the world in general is going through a very difficult time right now, but hopefully all this will clear away soon. I would like to, before going on, like to thank our editor, Marshall Dunley, for his work on our previous podcast and for this current podcast. I'd also like to invite our listeners to take a look at our Facebook page where we have stories that are written by travelers, either about themselves or other travelers. And I'd also like to encourage you that if you like to write stories, to please submit some stories. Uh, We're looking for definitely more stories about your adventure, different parts of it, different feelings and the way you felt. In today's show, I actually have a guest which just kept me smiling the whole time and kept giving me hope. Here's someone that showed that you're never too old to travel and definitely never too old to stay in a hostel. She gives her reasonings, her explanations, and she just inspires. I think she's very inspiring to anyone about how there's never something as saying you're too old to do this. So please enjoy while having a cup of tea or coffee. My name is Trudy Carlson. Trudy, where are you from? Um, I'm from the United States. Um, Right now, I live uh, some of the time in Duluth, Minnesota, and the rest of the time, I live in Vero Beach, Florida. Okay. Well, Trudy, since I was educated as to never ask a woman her age, or someone who I think is older than I am their age, I cannot ask you the question. But if you're willing to volunteer your age to the audience, because I think it's an important part of our theme for today. Okay, I am 74 years old, and I started traveling as a senior citizen. Okay, so 74 years young. (laughs) Okay, we'll say it that way. Obviously, uh, for people who are listening today, that's our theme for today. We've got Trudy, who's 74 years old, traveling here with us. She's gotten here to Cuenca, Ecuador, where we are. Could you explain, you said you started traveling as a senior citizen. Were you doing any other type of, what was, what's your history like? What, what were you doing before? When I was, I um, graduated from high school and went to college and had no money <laughs> because yeah. I was working my way through college. So there was no way that I was going to be able to travel as a college student. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I started my career um, as a teacher and I still didn't have a whole lot of money, but my husband and I... Um, when did you meet your husband? I met my husband when I was a senior in college. Okay. I went to the University of Wisconsin in Madison, and we met. And so I taught elementary school for a time, and then both my husband and I taught on the college level. Were you, did you have the urge? Were you looking forward to traveling at some point? How did that bug get you? Well, I always you know, wanted to travel, but I was really never in a position where I could. Okay. And so it was always a dream of mine that as long as I was healthy and mobile, 
that this was really my time to travel because I started it, you know, in my late 60s, but I realized that at some point I'm going to be 90 years old and I really won't be in a position. So if I don't do it now, it, it, might, take not it, it might not happen. Okay, I like that. What do you say to people when they say to you, how is it that you're going off to like a far off land where you don't speak the language, where you don't... Understand, might not understand the culture where they, of course, we're in South America, so South America is considered to be dangerous. And of course, since your age and everything, obviously, I'm sure there's a list. Or what were some of the things they've said to you? Maybe I'll start off with that. One of the things that I like to do is I like to play bridge, which mm -hmm. is a complicated card game. Mm -hmm. And so it's really my bridge friends who talk to me about travel. And in fact, they, they think that I am courageous or something for being willing to travel by myself, but I have never had any bad experiences. You're obviously staying in the hostel. You're staying in the dormitory room where you're sharing the room with other travelers. When the hostel started in 1912 in Germany, the concept was for you to travel. And so the, uh, initially you would have a student card or a hostel card. And so quite a few of us like myself who would travel earlier, remember that you could only be up to 25 to stay in a hostel. So that's one thing that's very important for a lot of people to know out there now, is that most hostels have lifted that restriction. And so now you could find people of all ages staying in the hostels. Yes, I found, you know, that there weren't restrictions, except, you know, they didn't want 14-year-old kids, mm -hmm. you know, minors staying in hostels. Well, I know for a fact that even here at this hostel, there's people, when they see people that somewhat, sometime look a bit different or a different way, it's the curiosity. And that's what travel is all about. Travelers are about the curiosity. Okay, what's this person's story? What are they, what brought them here? And I guess that's why we're talking tonight, <laughs> no, today. The first time I traveled alone, mm -hmm. I was concerned about the language problem. I thought to myself, I want to see what this is like. So I decided to go to Great Britain because they speak English. <laughs> Uh, just to see how that went, traveling alone in a country. So I went to England, Scotland, Wales, and um, Ireland. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, and also when I travel, I like to stay for a while. Because mm -hmm. I, I, again, am very economical. So I figured my plane is going to cost the same whether I stay for two weeks for two months. You know, I Very read this if I am frugal about food, you know, going to grocery stores rather than restaurants, then my food really isn't, it isn't a cost because I would have to go to the grocery store in the United States. So what's the difference between going to a market or a grocery store in Europe and going to the grocery store in the United States? I figured if I stay in hostels, and which you only pay for a bed, you don't pay for the whole room. Mm -hmm. So I look at, for hostels that have a good rating. So I read the reviews on Hostel World and get a feeling for a good rating. And so that's how I choose where I go. So let's imagine for one second, someone okay. is listening to us. They're not really yet into the travel world. What is Hostel World? Explain to them what a Hostel World is. Okay, Hostel World, I think, has like 33,000 
listings of hostels throughout the world. Go hostelworld.com and then there is a bar and it says, where do you want to go? So in this, in this, this trip to Ecuador, you would, I wanted to go to two places. I wanted to go to Cuenca and Quito. So you would just Google in Cuenca, Ecuador, and then all the hostels in that city will come up and they each have a rating. And so you can find out before you go how well a hostel is rated and it's rated according to security, cleanliness and location. And so you can find out before you go, you know, is this a good hostel for you? Wow, that's a perfect definition. <laughs> that's a perfect definition. So for the people who are not really travelers and they're like, okay, how is she going to the market to buy her food? She's not speaking Spanish. How is she doing this? That how have you found your time here to go around to to get you you're taking a bot you took a bus from Quito to Cuenca, you're taking public transportation. Uh, explain to them a little bit about that and a little bit about for those people who are thinking, oh, I can't do that, what could you say to them? Well, the first time I talked to friends about traveling, they said, well, you can travel even though you don't know the language, but I didn't quite believe them. So that's why I started out in England. But that's really the truth. You do not have to be able to speak a foreign language. Or the local language. Uh, the local language in order, you know, uh, I went to the tourist information thing and got a map. And so if I, I'm actually very bad about reading maps, but you know, you can take a map, you can point to where you want to go, and people are very, very helpful. It, it, you know, so you don't need that. When you go to a restaurant, again, you can point to what you want. Or if you go to a market, you you know, pick up what you want. So you really don't need to know the language. Usually it's helpful to know a few words such as excuse me mm -hmm. or thank you. Those kind of polite words are always really a good thing to know. But you really don't need to know the language. It shouldn't be your stopping point, but it, by it, no means. Yeah, I mean, I did not believe that it was possible to travel mm -hmm. without knowing the language. But like last year, I did three countries. I didn't know any Spanish when I was in Spain. I didn't know any, you know, Portuguese when I was in Portugal. I didn't know any French when I was in France. You, wow. really, <laughs> you really don't need to know those languages at all. And I didn't believe it, but it's true. Okay. okay. And, but I also like what you said. For people who are a little bit nervous to start off with, I like the fact that you chose to go to England, to an English-speaking country, just to get the other parts of travel, you know, the nervousness, the fear of what will happen when I get there, how do I find food, how do I find a place to sleep. So I really like that, and I'm going to use that for people out there, let them know that I, that's, a, that's definitely a good recommendation to start off with. Mm -hmm. But yes, once you are in... The other countries that are non-English speaking countries or when you're in the other countries where you don't speak the language, there's usually also and that around the hostel environments 
that you can usually find people who will speak English in those environments that could help you with information too, so that people can know that, that there's, there are people that will help them, point them in certain directions. Yeah, and, and people, uh, people in the world are so nice. For example, uh, yesterday I went to the bus station mm -hmm. and I was trying to buy a ticket. And I was also thinking, well, maybe I can even pick the seat that I want. Mm -hmm. And the person who was selling me the bus ticket couldn't speak English, but the gal behind me could. So she just volunteered to be my translator. Mm -hmm. And I have found that so often that when you're in a foreign country, that even if the person you're trying to communicate with doesn't speak English, some stranger will come up to you and volunteer to do the translating. I mean, people are so nice everywhere. You, you've got me with a big smile on my face. <laughs> people, since they, they can't see us, I've got this big smile on my face because that's what I believe. Truly, truly, truly believe that, that 90% of the population or more are really good and unfortunately we spend too much time thinking about the bad people and people are thinking oh what's going to happen to me this person's going to attack me that's going to do that no i'm a hundred percent on your side when i you will there are so many more good people out there in the world yes and, and you know you have to be careful i was in barcelona mm -hmm. And that's supposed to be the pickpocket capital of the world. I really didn't do anything different. You know, I wear a money belt under my under my slacks. Mm -hmm. And so I keep my passport, I keep some extra money, I keep my credit card and my US driver's license because when I go back home I'm gonna have to drive, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna have to get a rental car, so I need that. Towards the end of our talks, I usually ask for recommendations. And I think I'm going to break the recommendations part today into two parts. So just general travel uh, recommendations to, to people on, um, like, well, some of, if you have any particular recommendations. And then recommendations for senior citizens who are traveling. So a friend of mine is a recent widow, and I've been telling her about how affordable hostels are. So I told her, maybe just to get the experience of a hostel, you go to one in the United States. I live in Duluth, Minnesota, which is northern Minnesota. So I said, you, for example, could go to a hostel in Minneapolis, Minnesota, or to one in Wisconsin. But she thought, you know, I would really like to go to Washington, D.C. So I said, so she Googled Hostel World and she found a hostel probably in Virginia, because Washington, D.C. and Virginia are practically the same thing. So that's what she was thinking about doing, is just going to Washington, D.C. She had been there before and loved it, but she said, how about cherry blossom time, you know? I am thinking also, like, I would like to go to the Grand Canyon sometime, and you could stay in a hostel in Flagstaff, Arizona. So San Diego has got really great hostels. So, you know, to be, become comfortable with staying in hostels, you might want to do something in the United States the first time, or as I did, you know, go to Great Britain.
So the country in which you're living in, because it could be from Canada, from people listening to us from all over the world, yeah. like Australia, wherever. So try something maybe even in your own neighborhood and <laughs> try a weekend, yeah. a two night and see how you feel. Yeah, a, a couple of years ago, I went to Canada and then New York. I stayed in New York for two weeks in a hostel and it was in Brooklyn and I thought, Oh, is this going to be really far away? Well, it wasn't. It was right there on the subway system. So I was really close to Manhattan, staying in Brooklyn. And so that would be an affordable trip to New York City, is to stay in a hostel in Brooklyn. So, you know, I've always done hostel because, as I said, I'm frugal. Okay. Uh, you know, people think of me being in Europe for two months that that would be really expensive. How but could it, you afford it? You must be really wealthy, they're saying. But it, <laughs> but it isn't because, you know, you just, you know, you just have the bed. Now, it's interesting because, you know, I, as I said at the beginning of the interview, I was one of nine children. So I'm very comfortable, you know, sharing, a, you know, a room with other people. I mean, when I was a child, you know, there were four of us in a very big bedroom, but there were four of us. So I am very comfortable with that. But for people who want a single room, that also is available in hostels. You know, you can have your own private room. And if it's you and your husband, you can have a private double room in a hostel. The thing I love about hostels is that you aren't alone. You know, you socialize with other people in the hostel, so you aren't alone. I, I guess I wouldn't want to be in a hotel room all by myself, but I love being in a hostel because you talk to other travelers, you know? It, 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 totally understand. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so the word of advice would be go into, the ho uh, go into a hostel in your own country, in your own area, to test it out first. Uh, definitely, the hostels also have private rooms, and then also your the fact that you know. I don't know. Is there anything that someone a retirement age should be considering? I, one thinks about medication, about how they get certain medications while they're traveling and so forth. I, I just think it in my mind. Like, what sort of things would be? You seem so healthy, so outgoing, but some other people, you know, that are in their late sixties, seventies, maybe into their eighties. What are some of the issues that do you think of that um, that they might need to be aware of? Well, first of all, if you have insurance, uh, your insurance company allows you at least one bypass if you're traveling. You can get enough medication before you travel to handle as long as you want. You know, so as I said, I travel usually two months, okay. and so. You know, if, if your medication supply is such that your next refill would be in the middle of traveling, you just talk to the pharmacist and say, I'm going to be traveling, I'm going to be out of the country, I need this bypass, you know, so that you would have all the medication you need. And then, you know, sometimes airlines uh, lose your bags. <laughs> so, okay. make sure that your medication is in the bag that you have with you when you are in that airplane. I had never had any problem with missing luggage, but this time, actually, this is the first time that it happened to me, 
that I was going from one airplane to another airplane and there was there was enough time for me to make my plane but there wasn't enough time for my bag and so I waited actually which is really long I waited two weeks before I got my bag wow. but I it was okay I had my medication with me mm-hmm. I had books I wanted to read I had my you know, tablets, so I could go to the store and get a few extra pieces of clothing until I actually got my bag. But, you know, make sure that everything that you really, really, really need is in that bag that you carry on into the um, airport, wow. into the airplane. Into the airplane. And I think one of the things that we could point out again, and I've said it in other shows, but um, usually, like as you said, you were able to go to the store and get some things that you might need. You could usually find the things in in the different countries. There are people. <laughs> there are people living there, living their life. So even I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure when it comes to medication, but I'm assuming that, for example, here in Cuenca, there's so many pharmacists. There's so many. There is Cuenca even has a population of um, retired Americans that live here, more than six thousand. So I'm sure that some of the things that people would need at that age, as far as medication, it should be readily available here. Yeah, I, yeah they, would, they would have to contact the, your pharmacy in order to get the prescription. Okay. So it would, that's why it would just be better if you take everything prescription-wise. Okay. But, you know, you know, anything can happen when you're, when you're traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely anything can happen. So everything also has a solution. I like that. Everything has a solution. Right. I like that very much. Well, thanks again. Uh, it was it was definitely a pleasure. As somebody who is a traveler and I want to continue traveling as long as you're traveling and you've really inspired me and makes me feel good about what I'm doing and really enjoying the, our conversation today. I enjoyed it as well. Well, I want to thank you for listening to show number three. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed interviewing with her. I literally kid you not. I just had a smile on my face the whole time while I was talking with her. She was definitely an inspiration for me. And if you have someone that you know that might be in potential for an older traveler, please let them listen to the show. I think it's going to be such an inspiration. Yes, there's definitely things that maybe they could learn from it. Please stay tuned for our other shows. Again, your comments, your suggestions, what you like, what you don't like about the show, please send me an email to elcafecitotraveltalks at gmail.com. When you're back out on the road and you find yourself somewhere in South America or somewhere in Ecuador, please feel free to stop by. I'd love to see you. You can sit down, have a tea or coffee together in the Cafecito Cuenca. Or also please visit our sister location in Quito, Ecuador. All the best to you. Bye for now. Take care. Be safe.